Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Tired, but excited to be here. Right on. And last but not least, Rainier. Rainier, how's it going, man? What's up, Henry? What's up, everyone? Good, man. Uh, enjoying uh, some clean oxygen outside. <laughs> yeah, those of you in the Bay Area uh, are probably <laughs> breathing free and easy right now because at last the air quality is back to normal for now. <laughs> Today is Saturday, September 19th, 2020, and guess what? Today is Batman Day. So happy Batman Day, everybody. Happy Batman Day. Ooh. Happy Batman Day. Ooh. All right. A bit of confusion there because on our initial research, we found it to be September 21st. So we were expecting to say, Happy Batman Day two days from now. <laughs> but as it turns out, today is the day. I was checking uh, Instagram. I, I noticed Jim Lee himself posted an illustration of Batman with the hashtag Happy Batman Day. So to me, <laughs> that's the confirmation I needed. But yeah, today is, is indeed the day. And um, yeah, what better way to celebrate it than to talk some Batman? And um, yeah, we're going to get into Batman Begins, the movie, uh, a little later on. But for now, I thought we'd just kind of freeform discuss the character. You know, we do have some Batman diehards uh, on the call at the moment. So um, yeah, love to get your guys' thoughts on this uh, iconic character. Wait, some Batman diehards? We mean we're not all Batman diehards? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should point out Christian and Rainier are definitely Batman diehards. We, we went through our favorite superheroes on our last podcast, and these gentlemen did name Batman as their favorite superhero. Now, as many know... Perfrio and I lean on the Marvel side. Um, we're not anti-DC, um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't categorize us as Batman diehards. Maybe we'll start with you, Perfrio. What are your thoughts about <laughs> Batman? My thoughts? I mean, yeah. uh, Batman's cool. I first got into Batman with the animated series. Um, that was a cool little segue, but... Yeah, for the longest time, it took me a while to get into Batman, but hearing it from people, two people who love it, I am ready to become converted into a diehard Batman fan. I'm excited. Yes. There you go. And I got to say, you know, over the years, I, I feel like you're, you've, been, you've been moving the needle a bit. Like you were a little bit more in that anti-DC... Oh yeah, for sure. Camp earlier, yeah. right? But now you're yeah. kind of more open to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. Let's 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 hear from the Batman fans. It's Batman Day. 
let, let's hear from you guys. Uh, how about you, Renier? You want to start? Oh, should I start? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> Batman's just awesome, man. He's he's got it all. He's got he's got money. <laughs> he's got intellect. He's got skill. He's a strategist. He's dark and gritty. He's the anti-hero of all anti-heroes. At the end of the day, he he makes the right decision, man. Um, and there's just so there's. I mean, you can also define Batman by the by the villains he fights as well, right? Um, and he's got an awesome rogues gallery of uh, of villains. Um, yeah, yeah, he's mm-hmm. just, he's awesome, man. He's got this universal appeal of well, if I just train hard enough, <laughs> maybe I could be Batman. <laughs> yeah, man, you touched upon so many great points there. I think, like the the rogues gallery. I mean, I don't think. It really gets any better, you know, coming from the Marvel side. It's it's hard to compare with Spider-Man's villains, but man, with Batman, I, I might have to give it to Batman in that category. Like his villains are so cool. Um, he's got all these very appealing aspects. He's got the resources with his money and his abilities as a strategist, as an intellect. Um, but in terms of his appeal, I think you touched upon it really well, his, his relatability, you know, unlike a lot of major DC superheroes, he is the guy that a lot of people feel like they can be. Like if you train hard enough, if you study hard enough, if you have the will, you could be Batman, right? You know, you don't need superpowers. You don't need to be godlike, you know? Yeah. And he hangs with, the justice league i mean how cool is that (laughs) there you go like you could you could train your entire life and you couldn't be superman you could get nowhere near the might of superman right uh but you could be batman i i think therein lies the appeal right like there's there's that relatability um okay how about you christian What what do you think about this character what do i think about batman well, I think Ray Deer hit the nail on the head pretty pretty well. Uh, I definitely agree with everything he says about the relatability of the character, the rogues gallery, how cool like having the cave, the car, you know, the intellect, and like all those things about Batman. I guess another thing to add on to the discussion of the villains would also be this, the discussion of, uh, I think, Batman's supporting cast uh, as well. I think, well, you also have the Joker, the Penguin, uh you know, Catwoman on there. You also have like Commissioner Gordon, you have Alfred, you have like, you know, an array of Robins and Batgirls. (laughs) And so, um, while Batman is like kind of this stone cold loner, like he does get help from a lot of people and he does kind of create his own like kind of family in a nice little, nice arc, I think. And let's see. Also, another thing I, I really like about Batman is that well he's this like you know he is stone cold and um he's also like a very malleable kind of character like i think you can do batman in so many different ways and like we've seen it like uh we have like we're going to talk about batman begins this is like kind of like batman in the real world like in our world and then also we have lego batman which is batman and his legos and that's like a goofy you know fun adventure (laughs) and then you have the adam west batman 
and like the Tim Burton Batman. And so you have all these different interpretations of the character and they're all valid. They're all like many of them are great in their own way. Not all of them hit, but it's, there's such an array of Batman that it's almost like there's like an infinite, you know, different amount of types of Batman you could do and ways to keep the story fresh. Mm-hmm. Right on. Those are great points too. Man, yeah, I remember last time you had mentioned part of your love for Batman isn't just the character, right? It's it's the whole world of Batman, all these sub-characters, the locations, like when you talk about Gotham City, Arkham Asylum, like these are iconic locations, right? Like what other character can you say that about? It's not just the character, but like these places, you know, like that. that's when you know the characters really had a big impact when, when just uttering the, the words Arkham Asylum, it just brings up these thoughts and, and images that are, that, that are really powerful, right? So yeah, I love that. Like, it's not, it's not just the person, right? It's just this whole world that is, is really interesting and appealing. Mm-hmm. All right, so another pretty interesting thing, I think with this group in particular, is that amongst us, we've actually met a fair amount of actors who have played Batman on screen, right? Uh, so let's get into that a little bit. Um, so I'll start just real quick. At a Wizard World in Sacramento a few years ago, I met Val Kilmer, who is not the most well-known actor for playing Batman, but hey, he was Batman in Batman Forever, right? Uh, so I did meet him there and it was very exciting. Um, Let's go around the room a little bit. Uh, who else has met the Batman? Well, I met Batman. I met Adam West at Silicon Valley Comic Con um, 2017, a couple months before he actually died. So it was like one of his very last appearances. I didn't get too much time to talk to Adam West, but a funny story is actually when I talked to Burt Ward, who was also there, who played Robin to Adam West Batman. And so I'm dressed up as the Riddler. I'm cosplaying as the Riddler. And as Burt Ward's signing my comic, he, he asked me, he said, hey, do you have any questions for me? Or do you have anything you want to know about us or the show? And because I'm dressed up as the Riddler, I ask, so what is your favorite Batman villain? And Burt Ward goes, favorite Batman villain? You can't have a favorite Batman villain. They're the bad guys. They belong in Arkham Asylum. <laughs> So all such a Robin answer, right? And it was pretty obvious you were fishing for the Riddler as as the answer, but he wasn't <laughs> going to give it to you, huh? That's awesome. Nope. But that was, that was a great answer. I love that answer. <laughs> right on. Okay, so Rainier, you've met actually a number of different actors who have played Batman. What are yeah, your experiences? Uh, so I've met uh, I met Christian Bale. Awesome. Uh, Adam wow. West as well, and Kevin Conroy. Um, yeah, Kevin Conroy. Were... Let's not forget that. I mean, he, he he's a voice actor, but certainly one of the iconic Batman actors for sure. Oh, by the way, did you know Kevin Conroy has like this deal with Waze, the that map um, location service, <laughs> where he's gonna voice your GPS? Oh, what? <laughs> what? Waze. Oh. I think they've done it with like Darth Vader. 
or Yoda or like Homer Simpson. But yeah, Kevin Conroy is on that list to be added as one of the voices for your GPS. That's so badass. So you guys might need to uh, sign up for that service. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, Christian Bale was the first one I met actually. And it was a total surprise. This was WonderCon. I forget what year it was like one of the last WonderCons that was in San Francisco. Um, I want to say it was like 2006, 2005. And so this was just before Batman Begins was going to come out. Um, and I remember the programming, um, that was announced. They noted that Christopher Nolan was going to be there and then a surprise guest. And I just had my eyes laser focused on that. And was just trying to get, you know, uh, just trying to hear from everywhere, from everyone around, like, oh, who's the who's the special guest? <laughs> sure enough, the day of, it's Christian Bale, and he's there. Um, and and I, I want to say that so before before Batman Begins came out, like the last big Batman movie was Batman and Robin. I think. Yep, that's right. And so I don't know what the expectation was for another Batman movie. And it's also been years since that last movie had come out. But I, I mentioned this to you guys last time. I'm like, man, if they don't get this Batman movie right, they're never going to make another Batman movie ever again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, so we, I saw Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan in their panel, which was awesome. Um, and they debuted uh, a scene from the film. And it was um, in Crime Alley where Bruce or where uh, – uh, Martha and uh, Thomas women get shot. And I'm like, wow, this looks unbelievable. Like it looks like it was right out of the pages of like Batman year one. I'm like, this movie is going to be a a hit. And when I had heard that they were going to do a signing, I was like, Oh man, I have to win. I have to win this wristband. (laughs) And so um, I I was there with a buddy of mine and um, he didn't know too much about Christian Bale. Uh, actually, neither did I. I was actually recommended by a friend to watch. Um, uh, oh my god, the name of the movie is completely skipping my head right now. It came out around the same time as The Matrix. Um, American Psycho. Oh, Equilibrium. Equilibrium. How could I forget that movie name? But when I when I when I saw that movie, I was like, this guy, this guy is Batman. This guy is gonna nail it. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to, I have to meet this guy. I don't, I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna do this. Um, I pulled my lottery ticket and I lost. My heart sank. It's a lottery though, right? But my buddy won a ticket and I'm like, you name your price and I will pay you for that wristband. <laughs> and mind you, he was he didn't know who Christian Bale was and he wasn't as big of a Batman fan as I was, but I also recommended Equilibrium to him. And he was like, yeah, I kind of like that movie. Um, you know, I actually kind of want to meet him. I'm like, oh dude, you're killing me here. <laughs> so I proposed this to him. I said, hey, okay, why don't we do this? And back then, they weren't putting wristbands on your wrist as a security measure. They just gave you the wristband and you put it on, right? I was, I was wearing a watch and I was like, okay, how about this? What if we cut that wristband in half and I'll wear half of it on my watch and you wear the other half on your watch? And let's just see if we can get away with it. Because he knew how much of a big Batman fan I was. And I was like, and if for some reason they catch us, I'll just fess up and say, hey, it was my idea. Can you just go ahead and let this guy go in? Uh, <laughs> so we're in line. And it happens. I'm like standing right in front of Christian Bale. He's right in front of the table. Actually, I met Christopher Nolan as well. And that's the thing. I don't even remember meeting Christopher Nolan because my, <laughs> my eyes were just dead set on Christian Bale. I honestly can't remember what I asked him. But I remember how he answered me it just seemed really intense. It was something Batman related. It was some dumb Batman question I'm sure I asked him. And of course, his answer was Batman. But he looked at me like, oh, Batman, of course. What do you think? <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was cool, man. I got to meet him. I got to shake his hand. Got a nice little autograph from him. Um, that was that was awesome. That's probably one of my best conventions I've ever been to. <laughs> wow, that's really awesome. What did you get signed by them? Uh, it was like um, uh, like a face portrait thing. I actually have it hanging in my room right now. Oh, <laughs> nice. Go grab it. Um, but yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, so like a. It was a headshot. A headshot of, of Christian Bale, but but what? Are, and then Christian Nolan, uh, Christopher Nolan signed something else too. No, I you know I don't I didn't I don't remember actually I didn't. Let's see, was he signing? I don't think I had him sign it. <laughs> okay, you're just you're just completely uh, overwhelmed by I, Bale. Dude, this is the first time I've ever been so starstruck before. Like I I normally don't ever get that way, but like this. <laughs> it's this Batman. It. I mean, come on. This is Batman. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> That's really but he cool. he is as intense in person as as he is on screen. I mean, he's he's an intimidating dude. I mean, that's what I've been hearing. I mean, you hear when he go he went off on that crew guy uh, on the Terminator movie, um, and the way he prepares for roles when he gains weight, when he loses weight, like that that your experience does seem to match what we've all heard about him. That he's just a really intense type of guy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's Unreal. really awesome. Unreal. And I don't think Christian Bale does not do conventions. I mean, can can you see that guy doing conventions? Oh, oh no, I <laughs> especially can't. now. Sure. Yeah, especially now. Now he's completely done with the character, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what we kind of glossed over? Um, Batman and comics. You know, this is where all where it all started, right? I th- I thought it might be worthwhile to bring up. Um, any favorite storylines, Batman comic storylines? Um, I'll just go real quick. I haven't read a whole lot of Batman, uh, but the little I have read easily, my favorite is uh, the Batman Year One series. Phenomenal. It's written by Frank Miller, illustrated by David Mazzuchelli. I think I've talked about this a number of times before on the podcast, but it is really phenomenal. And it touches upon a lot of stuff we talked about before, like the relatability of Batman this is like as relatable as Batman is, right? Because this is Batman at the beginning when he's making mistakes and stuff. So you can really feel yourself in his shoes with this story. And uh, again, the the illustration is really badass, really good stuff. So I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, Yeah. Any other, uh, any other picks in terms of Batman storylines in the comics? So one of my favorite Batman comics was one of the ones that got me into Batman. I picked it up at my local library um, around the time I just started reading comic books. It's called Batman Venom. And so Batman Venom is a comic about Batman in his earlier years. And he, he can't really keep up with the bad guys. He gets into kind of a rough scrap that leaves him pretty damaged. So he starts taking Venom, which was the drug that Bane used but this comic came out before Bane came around and so he has like he starts taking basically these steroids as a moment of weakness and the story actually kind of plays out kind of similarly to um, to kind of the Spider-Man storyline where he gets the black suit where Batman kind of takes these power drugs and like starts going a little bit crazy starts harming villains a little too much and it kind of goes to his head and so he locks himself in the bat cave for like several months with no contact so he can rid himself of this drug and rid his dependence 
And so it's a really cool storyline. I, I really like it. And it was one of the ones that really got me into the character as well. Right on. Uh, how about I have you? a laundry. I have a laundry list. <laughs> I know, I mean, right? There's see. so many great Batman comics. Dark Victory, Long Halloween, Year One, Dark Knight Returns, Hush, um, The Court Batman of Owls, Year Year One Thousand. I don't know if you guys have read that one. Yeah, Court of Owls. Oh, is I have it. Yeah, actually, uh, the whole like Scott Snyder, um, Greg Capullo, or like run on Batman. I think it's probably my favorite like singular run of a comic book character. Also, Death in the Family. Um, yeah. That's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, that's where Jason Todd dies. <laughs> and fans voted oh. to kill him. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that, I think that's the first time that they did that in comics where they put the vote out to the public. Does Jason Todd live? Does he die? <laughs> oh, whoa. And uh, sure enough, uh, he, yeah. They voted to kill him off. They didn't like him. <laughs> Yeah, and he was the Robin that proceeded after Dick Grayson. Um, very different Robins. So I'm um, curious that that I'm guessing that happened like pre-internet. So I'm just curious how did they oh, yeah. do the voting? It was like, like a mail-in thing. I think it was mail-in. Yeah, it was mail-in. Yep. Oh wow, that is really interesting. Hey, Perfurio, how about you? Have you read any Batman comics? Uh, no, not really. The closest thing that would come to, like, a Batman comic that I read would be the Injustice comic line from the video game. Okay. Um, oh, that's a good one, actually. That's, that's that a, is a really good one. And it's, it's cool that it, it was a spinoff of the video game. Like, yeah. usually those storylines, they're just made to sell games, but they actually did a great job of, 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 of a cool storyline. Yeah, that was a cool storyline. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um... And but yeah, it's the closest one I've ever read for like a Batman story in comics. So here's a question for uh, Batman novices like myself and Perfurio, what might be a good recommendation? Maybe not going in too deep into the character, more of a, of a primer. Beginner's perhaps? point. Yeah. Beginner's mm-hmm. point for me. Uh, Batman Year One is a really good starting point, I think, for Batman. Because it is the year one. It's kind of where he does start. And you do get um, kind of an introduction to Jim Gordon as well, a major player in the Batman mythos. Let's see. Another Batman Returns, I think, is a great one to start off with. Yeah. Another great Frank Miller book. But uh, there's, there's, you know, I, I would strangely recommend these two only because they're awesome. They have this series called Elseworlds. Um, one is Superman or it's a, it's a Superman book. It's, it's called red sun, but Batman is prominently in it. Um, that's the storyline where if, if Clark can't, if Superman's, if Kal-El's ship, uh, didn't land in America, but landed in the Soviet union, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would the world be like? That that's a, that's a fun story. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, man, there's a lot of great stories in there. Actually, there's one, um, there's a there's an Elseworlds title where what if Batman had the Green Lantern ring instead of it finding Hal Jordan, uh, which is really cool. I highly recommend that one. <laughs> so these are these are sort of the what if equivalents of Marvel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard the Green Lantern one is really good. Red Sun is great. I highly recommend Red Sun. Mm-hmm. 
which also recently became a movie, which I've yeah. been meaning to find, but I haven't I haven't found it yet. Oh, it's, there's another there's a storyline too that really highlights Batman. It's called Tower of Babel. Um, Christian, have you read this one? I have not read Tav- Tower of Babel, but I have seen the movie equivalent. It's called Justice League Doom. Okay. Um, Justice League Doom is that? I think that's more modeled after. Um, JLA, JSA, I think it's called JSA Classified. Wait, no, no, no. No, it's, it's Justice League Earth 2, <laughs> where they meet like the mirror images of themselves, but they're like the evil version of the Justice League, right? Kind of. So like, I, th- I think, because um, Tower of Babel is about like the big villains Ra's al Ghul, I think, right? Yeah, um, let's see. Tower of Babel, it's been a while since I read it. What I do remember is that like, there's always this distrust with the Justice League and Batman, how Batman, you know, he's the loner of the group. And so the question comes up, like, can we really trust this guy? And it, he comes, Batman comes to a point where he actually has to take down the Justice League and the Justice League finds out that he has a contingency plan to actually take out each member of the Justice League. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I heard they, like, kick him out of the Justice League at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it happens in the movie. Like uh, in the movie, it's like the Legion of Doom. Uh, one of them breaks into the Batcave and steals the like the contingency plan and uses them against the Justice League. Yeah, there's so, there's there's tons of great stories. Nightfall, where we get the best of Bane. <laughs> we get Azrael, who is essentially a Batman that like is even more brutal than than Bruce Wayne, and I think he kills, I believe. Um, yeah, there's the list can go on and on. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, uh, like, I want to go and like flip through my shelf and be like, "What's this one? Oh, this is a good one. You guys got to read this one. You guys got to read this one." I do. Uh, I recommended the snot the snot Snyder Scott Snyder run with Greg Capullo. I think that's also a good place to start because that was when DC relaunched with the New Fifty Two, and eh, the rest of the New Fifty Two is kind of, is very hit or miss. But I think this Batman run is amazing. And he does a rendition of Batman's origin called Zero Year. It's a lot different. I think your one's a little better and much more grounded. But in Zero Year, uh, it's about the Riddler uh, doing this massive blackout in Gotham. And Gotham essentially becomes like this overgrown wasteland for, for an entire year, Zero Year. Very cool. So yeah, great recommendations. Good um, recommendations. Yeah, we we got our homework now, Preferio. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love so every second continue. of it. Continue every page of it. I guarantee you. Awesome. Um, hey, so we talked a little bit about us meeting some of the Batman actors. Uh, this is a fun question. Uh, what is your favorite Batman actor? Christian Bale. <laughs> Yeah. Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy, Christian Bale. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick because those like, two are so Batman to me. It's hard mm-hmm. to choose one of those. <laughs> Whenever I read a Batman comic, I read Kevin Conroy, and so he's the Batman voice. But mm-hmm. I think as far as like live action renditions, like Christian Bale. Preferio, do you have one? Yeah, every time if if I were to ever when I do read like Batman memes or comics, I read it in Kevin's voice. But I guess when it comes to live action, I think, I don't know. I guess I would have to say Michael Keaton, just because I feel like 
he, in my opinion, he kind of launched the Batman legacy that it is today. Great call. Yeah, Michael Keaton is definitely my sentimental pick. I mean, he's the Batman I grew up with. And to me, he is Batman. Um, yeah, I would say he's my favorite. Although, I think maybe the best Batman performance would be Christian Bale. I agree, yeah. You know, especially after seeing Batman Begins again, you know, when I first saw the the Nolan trilogy, I mean, we'll get into this with the, the movie recap, but I kind of I kind of bought into what a lot of people were saying that the the juicier performances were the villains and the secondary characters and you know a lot of the criticism was that Bale was sort of a one note performance you know um maybe that can be said with the later Batman movies but th- this one with Batman Begins there's a deep very compelling character arc and he's so great in this movie and uh yeah i I would have to say that bale was certainly the best batman actor i'm still gonna say keaton's my favorite as a sentimental uh favorite and his performance was really good too um you know not to go into too much depth but i mean he brought a nice comedic touch to the character right um he, he, he has a comedic background and there was just kind of this weird quirkiness to his Batman, right? So really awesome. So yeah, I really like your, your guys' pick. The thing about Christian Bale too is like he plays, that's the thing, like when, you're, when, when the directors are talking about casting Batman, really the person you're looking for is someone that can carry Bruce Wayne because yes. I mean, Batman yes. doesn't talk a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Christian Bale does a fantastic job playing Bruce Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we'll we'll get into more with the movie recap, but yeah, his Bruce Wayne in this movie changes. You know, it's it's called Batman Begins. It's it's early Bruce Wayne. It's Bruce Wayne before he becomes Batman. So he changes throughout the movie, and yeah, there's a solid character arc and and definitely a compelling one, no question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, before we get into the movie. You know, I wanted to get into a little bit more of like what makes Batman so interesting. Why is he a cultural phenomenon, right? And I think one aspect we didn't talk about, but I think it's worth noting, is that there really isn't any equivalent to Batman anywhere. Like a lot of times, especially when you're talking about Marvel and DC, there's like equivalent characters, right? like oh that's this such and such character in the marvel universe or that's such and such character in the dc universe there really isn't an equivalent to batman Mm -hmm. i mean you could maybe make a case for moon knight or the punisher but i don't think so like i just don't think there's any equivalent to batman in marvel or really any other comic book universe right Mm -hmm. Uh, any thoughts on that? Is there an equivalent to Batman? Or is he we'll compare Iron Man to him, but I can see that more of like the Bruce Wayne aspect. It's Iron Man's not dark. <laughs> His parents Correct. were murdered. <laughs> to me, yeah. the closest one that would come close to him is Daredevil, actually. I feel like, you know, someone who tries to take like law in their own hands and like 
kind of does whatever he wants to be that vigilante. Um, but yeah, in Marvel, there's no one that's basically Batman. That is a good call. I think maybe more so than any other Marvel character, Daredevil is closest to Batman. And I think a big part of it is, is Frank Miller has wrote iconic material for both characters. Yeah. I think there's that connection. But uh, no, you're, that's, that's a good call for, for real. Usually when I try to find a, a Batman equivalent in Marvel, the first thing I go to is who doesn't have superpowers? <laughs> there's a good start. And that's, that's yeah. tough because then yeah. it's a very small almost relevant list. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I brought up uh, Punisher and Moon Knight. Like, they don't have superpowers and they rely on their training and weapons and gadgets, right? Um, But it's it's not quite the same. I mean, there's a long legacy of Batman. Like, Batman preceded them by many, many decades. So that's part of it. But I think with Punisher and Moon Knight, too, they they're kind of more extreme. Like I think yet another appeal of Batman is that I think you touched upon this Rainier, but he really tries to do the right thing. You know, he is what most would consider a vigilante. He's doing his own thing, working outside the legal system, etc. But, you know, he works with commissioner Gordon. He, he tries to help the police and, um, he, he doesn't use guns and he, he tries not to kill people. You know, um, when you get with vigilante characters like Punisher and Moon Knight, they're, they're way more extreme. Like Punisher will, will just kill <laughs> at the drop of a hat, yeah. right? Moon Knight yeah. is basically a sociopath, right? So, um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a humanity to Batman that we don't see in these characters. You know, you, you definitely could argue Daredevil, I think, you know, Perferio's right on there. Um, but yeah, there really is no true Marvel equivalent to Batman. I think the appeal that Batman has to a lot of people is that he's, he's kind of the underdog, if you think about it. Again, he's sitting alongside, you know, the Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Superman, and here's a guy with no superpowers. But he's he's trained himself physically, mentally to be at the peak of like human capability, combined with like his resources and everything. Like it makes him a contender. I mean, on paper, right? If you were to put Batman and Superman together, yeah, Superman, you'd be like he would smear him all over the street. <laughs> yeah, on paper. Yeah, on the, with the blink of an eye. But I mean, we've seen. I mean, Dark Knight Returns. There you go. Like you know it shows you how creative, you know, one can be, um, you know, again, he's the underdog. (laughs) That's a good call. Yeah. Going off that, I think what makes someone who's like a Marvel fan, not really big DC. I think what makes Batman so recognizable and just so loved by a lot of people is like, he's so, what you guys were saying earlier, so relatable like, you know, like the two faces of DC are like Batman, Superman, but like Superman's just like this almighty perfect dude. But Batman, besides having a cool costume, he's just so, he's a person with like flaws that everyone can relate to, like Spider-Man. And he, and yeah, like you don't need superpowers to be at this like top level game, like Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, like you just gotta like do your thing and I guess like do what you believe in, you know? Right on. 
You know, to add to that, not only does Batman have flaws, but he's suffered great loss too. That makes him very relatable too, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. has suffered loss and disappointment in their lives, right? So when Bruce Wayne loses his parents at an early age, we really feel for him, you know? And like what you're saying, when you're the underdog, right? We, we want to root for him, right? We, we want to believe that he can overcome this loss. And we want to believe that anyone can be great like Batman, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Let's move on to the movie. So Batman Begins. Now, this is a movie that um yeah maybe we'll start with why we chose this for our movie to talk about i think it kind of started with the new trailer right the batman trailer that dropped Mm -hmm. um on my end it kind of got me thinking like i saw this trailer and aesthetically it looks hella cool no question about it but it did make me think it feel it felt a little familiar, right? It felt a little bit like Batman Begins. I felt like, oh, we're treading in familiar territory here a bit. Um, I don't know if this movie really has anything new to say, right? So that got us talking about like, hey, maybe we should revisit Batman Begins. And, you know, it's it had been a while since a lot of us had seen it. So that's kind of what brought us to this movie. But before we dive into Batman Begins, maybe we'll talk about, the batman trailer first and maybe we'll address that like do you think this movie does have something new to say or is it just a cash grab just trying to oh you know it's been a few years let's just bring a new batman solo movie just to cash in or what right uh what are your thoughts how about uh christian what do you think buddy i really like the trailer uh, I, I like the way it looked visually how they changed the riddler um in you see like a quick flash of the penguin and you don't even know it's Colin Farrell who plays him. And like, I remember when I was watching it, it seemed like this like mix between the Tim Burton Batman and the Christopher Nolan Batman. Like you have that like kind of Gothic flair of Tim Burton, but really meeting that like noirish grit of the Christopher Nolan Batman as well as like kind of it's made for like kind of that newer kind of modern age as well and i i did really like robert pattinson the role as well i think that like just seeing him from the trailer i think he just really like channels like this like young angry bruce mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm very excited for it yeah i agree i for me the trailer I'm more kind of interested in the villains. Like, we, we've we seen so many, like, Batman reboots. I feel like there's only so much ways you can interpret Batman and Bruce Wayne. But I feel like there's, like, so much, like, opportunity you could do with, like, the villains. Like, similar, like, Spider-Man. We've seen so many Spider-Man reboots, but you throw in new villains, like um, the MCU, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, you throw in Vulture, and that was exciting and new. You joined Mysterio. That was cool. So throwing in like Riddler and Penguin, which, which we haven't seen in years, um, I'm actually more excited about seeing the villains and actually 
Robert's performance in the movie. I think what stuck out for me the most, if I'm just talking about the trailer, is where Batman just goes ham on that one thug and he's just continuously beating this guy's face into a pulp. I mean, you don't see it on screen, but he's definitely going overboard. And (laughs) there's something about that brutality, which is I mean that's part of that's part of Batman and I don't think that's really yeah. shown. I mean a lot of fight sequences in superhero movies are like you know these pretty choreographed fancy flips and stuff like that. This is just straight brutal and I love the line he delivers when he's like I'm vengeance. <laughs> How cool is that, man? <laughs> but uh, I I I don't know. I I'm, I I when they first announced Robert Pattinson as as Batman, I I was like he's going to nail it. He's going to do a great job. <laughs> Everyone's thinking twilight. And I'm like, no, that, that kid's going to be able to play. He's going to play Batman. He's going to beat this coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a really good actor. I, I just saw the Netflix movie that he was in with Tom Holland. Um, the devil of all time or something like that, where he plays like some like Christian preacher, pastor dude. And he's just like, I was like, well, I was drawn in. He's he's a really freaking good actor. Yeah. Actually, I can't remember. So the first movie I saw him in was, I saw Twilight. I, I saw him in Twilight. That was my first time seeing him. But I did see an indie film he was in. I cannot remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, he, he's got acting chops. He does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that Netflix movie recently too. I think it's called Devil All the Time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Is that the one where the tile is Tom Holland on? on- yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Robert Pattinson was in that movie. Actually, it came out. <laughs> yeah, and um, if you want to see Spider-Man versus Batman, you can watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but they do face off. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree, Perfirio. Rob Pattinson is really good in that movie, and um, it kind of gives hope that you know he could be really good in this Batman movie too. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with Rainier. Like that, that one part of the trailer when batman just beaten down that thug that's that what is what stood out to me like that's what kind of made me think oh shoot this could be something new and different you know um we've had some conversations before about the limitations of previous batman costumes um i think you know as much as i love uh michael keaton and christian bale i think they're action performances were somewhat limited by their costuming right um actually those costumes are a world of difference (laughs) right um because the batman begins costume actually had much he could basically look up and down which michael keaton could not do Mm -hmm. i think i mentioned this last or a couple weeks ago how they kind of coined that 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 pose that Michael Keaton would do where he would basically move his entire body so he could look up. Right. That turn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, actually that's, that's one of the cool things about Batman begins in dark Knight. Dark Knight actually addresses that with a new suit. They actually build that into the story, which is great. Hmm. And they probably do one of the best things that they could have ever done for Batman's suit where they separated the, the headpiece from, from the, the cowl from the chest hmm. piece. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 it's just way more functional. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it seems like this new bat suit has evolved it even further, right? Like yeah. the the way he moves in this trailer is really smooth. So, um, like one complaint I've I've had with a lot of the Batman movies 
over the years um, is some of the action has been a little lacking, you know, um, but it seems like with this new suit, it kind of opens up a world of possibilities here. So to, to me, that's the one thing I feel like, oh, this could be very worthwhile, you know, um, and by the way, uh, Ben Affleck's elevated. suit, I have to say the fight scenes I was talking about, like pretty choreographed fight scenes, the fight mm-hmm. scene he did in, uh, in, um, the Batman versus Superman movie. Yeah, in the yeah. warehouse. That was pretty awesome. I don't think we've yeah, ever seen great. Batman fight like yeah. that on screen. Yeah. That's how I imagine. Actually, there's yeah, there's there's a couple hits that he does where he simultaneously punches and kicks someone at the same time. And you see that countless times in the comics where he does that. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. they actually captured that on film and made it look cool. Very cool. All right. So on to Batman begins. So, um, let's see. A couple of thoughts I throw out there, or not so much thoughts, but um, clarifications. So let's start with this. Um, as a a non Batman diehard, I have heard the villain's name as Raz Al Ghul and Raish Al Ghul. Okay, so. Let's let's clear that up. So in this movie, clearly they're saying Raz Al Ghul, right? So which the fuck is it? <laughs> right. I have an answer for that. Okay, please. <laughs> and this actually came out of uh, the Green Arrow series because Raish Al Ghul is in there, and I just said Raish with intent. Uh huh. So it's actually used both ways, and Raz Al Ghul is used if you're not in the inner circle of the uh, League of Assassins. That's, they call them the League of Shadows in the movies, uh, but in the comics, it's the it's League of Assassins. If you're in the inner circle and you're aware of it, then you call him Raish Al Ghul. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fascinating. Huh. I actually haven't heard that. <laughs> I'll buy it. I'm into it. <laughs> so, so maybe Porfirio and I should call him Raz Al Ghul and Christian and Rainier should call him huh. Raish Al Ghul. <laughs> Yeah, we're out or I you know call him Roz though just because yeah. i've heard that so many times so um we can call you you can call him whatever you like let's be inclusive here <laughs> however you feel like calling him he's also you know, known as the cool. demon's head you can call him the demon's head as well there you go and um and this is one i have to call out uh just because i know uh irish names are, are butchered a lot in Hollywood. So there's a great performance by the actor who plays Scarecrow in this movie. And logically, you would think his name is pronounced Cillian Murphy, but it is in fact named or pronounced Killian Murphy. That is the proper Irish pronunciation of his name. Um, so I just wanted to throw that clarification in too. Okay. So he was supposed to be Batman, by the way. I think we talked about this last time. He was actually um, up for the role as Batman. But... Uh, yeah, Killian that... Murphy. I didn't know it was Killian, but yeah, he was going to play Batman, but uh, or he went, he, he auditioned for the role, but he didn't get it. But I think Christopher Nolan liked him so much. He kept him in the film as uh, scarecrow. Well, he was a good scarecrow. I'll say that. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the... 
Go ahead, Christian. Okay, so I think the thing that actually won over Christopher Nolan to Christian Bale was actually the voice, the uh, the gravelly yeah. Batman voice. <laughs> yes, because um, Christian Bale was the only like real actor to to kind of to think of that. Whereas all the other actors kind of did their normal voice, but may have done it a little lower. Uh, mm-hmm. But Christian Bale kind of adding that that real gravel sound <laughs> and having the idea that Bruce Wayne and Batman would have different voice and Batman had to have a different voice to conceal his identity. And Christopher Nolan didn't think of that. And he liked that idea so much that he brought on Christian Bale like almost immediately. You know, you know what's crazy? They had an anniversary edition of Batman Begins come out and they showed some test screenshots um, with, with uh, other actors that were auditioning for the role. Um, some of them are well known. I can't remember their names, but they were in full costume and they're delivering dialogue that we also see in the movie and actually hearing them say it without the Bale voice. I have to say it actually sounded, it, it, it didn't sit right. Like I imagine, mm. I already imagined Christian Bale's voice in that suit and hearing it from other actors in just their normal voices. Yeah. That's, I think that's why Christopher Nolan uh, <laughs> went that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. Like the voice definitely gets like parodied a lot, and like a lot of people say they don't really care for it. But it's become like so iconic in its own way. Mm-hmm. I feel like do, it's like, yeah. I feel like it's like identity of Batman because I mean, like if you look at like Ben Affleck's Batman, he kind of uses like a like he uses a modulator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's something that hadn't been done before. Like that idea of like that differentiation of the two voices and you kind of hear robert pattinson doing a little bit when he says i am vengeance yeah like, exactly. he doesn't, like yeah lay on lay on the voices hard but like you do hear it a little bit yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it fits the character you know he has a secret identity so he doesn't want to differentiate differentiate the voices and particularly in batman begins he's trying to create this this uh presence that is scary to criminals right so of course he's going to try to to, to use a, a more intimidating voice so it fits the character and it, it's yeah yeah it, it adds to it for sure mm-hmm. a fun fun little fact um so when christian bale was in full costume he would complain about the because you know it's got to fit him like exactly right the mm-hmm. the cowl he would put on was fit so tight that being in it for like 20 minutes he said he'd start to get headaches Oh, and he, he, he mentioned that instead of complaining about it and having them re, re, revise the design of it, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this because it pisses me off so much and I'm going to use it in my acting. <laughs> so I think a lot of it comes out from that too. Nice. Oh, that's great. That's For so method, Christian right? Bale. Isn't it? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so yeah, we're already kind of getting into it, but um, yeah, highlights of the movie, stuff you liked about it. Um, any revelations seeing it again for the first time in a while? Any okay, there? wait. So what I liked about it was it was so really fresh. Like you couldn't, like even though it was made in 04, 05, like if you told me like it was made last year, I would believe you. Like the effects were that good. The plot was so realistic. Like it was really ahead of its time, I would say. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I was specifically looking for that. When we watched this last week, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to be looking for stuff that feels dated. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't find anything. Like, it felt like what you're saying, Perfio, fresh. And um, 
and you know influential like there's a lot of stuff in the movie that we've seen subsequent superhero movies use but just knowing it came before all those um pretty impressive you know it didn't feel dated yeah for yeah, me I think, I think oh go ahead christian okay but uh, it was more to add to that note i think that the reason why like i think it holds up so well is because uh christopher nolan is really big on practical effects he's really big on um not using like digital he really likes using actual film and like apparently in the movie uh what was very very different than what a lot of other hollywood studios do is usually when they want like pickup shots um they'll have another crew with a different director go out and get a lot of the shots but christopher nolan was so like in the film that he did all the he did all of those he did all the pickup shots he did all the extra work that usually the direct the main director doesn't do and i think he had just such ownership of it and like the practical effects that it does hold up really well yeah to piggyback on the practical effects thing what's crazy is that every scene where you see the batmobile jump or is in the air or is hitting concrete those are all real shots like that's really the batmobile that's not a cgi batmobile um that the scene where they're driving oh there's that great scene where they're shooting through chicago (laughs) but the scene where they they come back into the bat cave after he saves rachel dawes like they actually jumped that thing through that waterfall and they had such a small amount of clearance it was such a risky thing to do but he needed it to be that real it's pretty amazing Damn. That's cool. Dedication. Yeah, that cool. yeah. By the way, did you guys know that the bat that Batmobile is a real working vehicle that was like built from the ground up, and that was actually the first thing that was built before that movie was even pitched. Whoa! Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty. If you ever have the chance to watch the extra features from that movie, it's pretty amazing how they built that vehicle. Um, yeah, it's. I'd love to have that Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, or, or a- the bike. Yeah. It's a popular question too. We talked about favorite back Batman actors. What about favorite Batmobile? Favorite on-screen Batmobile? I'm taking the Tumblr for sure. Hard to argue with that. I love the original Tim Burton one. I love the design mm. of it. Like that classic Gothic look to it. Good pick. Yeah, I, and, and back to the original question about like this movie. I think this, the, the thing that captured me with this movie is just the scope of it. I mean, the last Batman movie again was the Joel Schumacher movie, and I mean like Tim Burton's Joel Schumacher's like, you know, they're they're very stylized. They're very you can tell they're they're quite dated. Um, you can tell that they're shot like in a studio lot, but like the scope of Batman Begins was huge. They shot in real locations. Um, mm. And prefer you make a great point that like it all still holds up to today. Like it mm-hmm. seems like this movie was made like you know last month. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. shooting on location in Chicago. Chicago was basically Gotham City, mm-hmm. and they they really shot on the streets of of, of Chicago. Um, you know that training sequence where, um, well, Ducard, not uh, Rachel Ghoul yet <laughs> uh, revealed, where they're training on in in like the snow on that on that ice field. Oh, you guys know yeah. the, back, the background behind that? So he had to work on his footing. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> so that's a that's a real that's a real place. And what they were shooting on was um, a frozen uh, a frozen lake, and they got all of those shots. I think within a day, 
the next day after they had finished, um, I guess they were experiencing unusual weather where it was warmer and it was a lake by the time they had left that place. So when you hear the ice cracking, I don't know if you picked up on that, but that's the actual sound of the ice that they're standing on cracking. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. Damn. Did Christian Bale actually fall in the lake? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he, he, very, he, he very much advocates for his stunt doubles, so he's, he's, not, <laughs> he's not doing the Tom Cruise thing. <laughs> yeah. Although it's so Christian Bale, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't, right. <laughs> so um, anything about the movie you didn't like? Anything you maybe would have done differently or any shortcomings at all? Dude's different than Christopher Nolan. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Okay, so this movie is like as perfect as it can be, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but like if there's anything that does fall short if you are looking for like fight sequences you know there's not a lot of that there but that's also not really the focus of the movie either mm-hmm. so that's where i think it makes up for it um yeah yeah i was about to say the same thing actually i think you can tell with the fight sequences um uh going back to the whole like kind of the way the Batman suit was designed in Batman Begins and how it was a little too stiff and how you notice like whenever there's a fight, there's a lot of real quick close-up shots of punches and kicks yeah. to so you know try to like mask a lot of that. They do kind of address that. Like when, um, when, when Bruce Wayne gets to um, Rachel Ghoul's compound and he's showing off, you know, his different fight techniques and, and Ducard makes the comment like you're, you're well-trained, but this is not a dance. Like I, when I, when I watched that thinking back at like, man, there's not a whole lot of fighting in there. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's the reason why is because they're trying to show like the, like, like a real world form of fighting. Like, you know, if you ever see a fight on the street, you're not going to see people doing flips and, and fancy dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what's, what's interesting again, more DVD extras here. Um, they actually studied a new like contemporary martial art that had come out at that time. It's called Casey fighting method. If you ever have the chance to YouTube this, it's actually really interesting. Uh, it's an interesting form of fighting. <laughs> it's like a it's a mixture of like Krav Maga uh, with like dirty boxing. So they, I, I I think they tried as best as they could to incorporate that in into the fight sequences they did, but I don't think it was captured uh, the way that you would have seen it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. There are a lot of aspects of this movie where it's hard to tell what's happening. You know. Um, yeah, when we talked about it after we watched the movie last week, um, Christian, you, you did bring up the point of it seemed like there was there were some limitations to the costume, and I think it makes sense because um, if they if they did sort of research fighting techniques and what would be realistic and whatnot, you would think at the very least you could you could see it, <laughs> you could tell what was happening, but it was just it, it was kind of. Uh, edited in such a way it was difficult to see what was going on and um, yeah I, I thought at the very at least at the very end we, we might get freed up in the the battle between Ra's al Ghul and, and Batman in in the train car right but same thing yeah the 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 the, the, the editing cut away from the action a number of times and it was still difficult to see um, so you know maybe that's one aspect where the movie is a little dated because I think action choreography, stunt choreography has evolved 
since then. And, um, and, and like you mentioned, Christian, the costume design too. Um, I think it, a number of factors have led to superhero action being a little bit more interesting and, and easier to watch. Um, but yeah, as it is, it, it was, I felt that was a bit lackluster. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, the visceral thrills of a, of a good fist fight like, like I, I'm used to in, in more recent superhero movies, you know. But yeah, anything else? Any other shortcomings with Batman Begins? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big deal, but I just didn't believe in Katie Holmes, like acting. I feel like she wasn't the perfect mate or romantic partner for Christian Bale slash Batman. I don't know. I just, it wasn't believable for me. And then. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you. I don't recall a Rachel Dawes in the comics. Does that ring a bell, Christian? I think that character was created so. for this movie. Yeah. yeah, I think she was. But then, like, I will say, like, uh, romance has never really been like Christopher Nolan's like, like strongest point when it comes to writing. Never been Batman's point either. Yeah, never <laughs> been go. Batman's point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually glad they didn't they didn't focus too much on on a love interest. It seemed more like a childhood friend, which was supposed to blossom, but didn't quite. But yeah. I don't think that was the focus of, of, of Bruce Wayne's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Perferio. Like I, I felt too, that she kind of stuck out like a sore thumb a little bit. Um, I mean, she wasn't terrible. I mean, I thought her performance was, was decent, but there were so many great performances in this movie that, yeah, hers kind of stuck out as being not so great. Like it, it just kind of stuck you know? out. Like, why include her if you're not gonna have like a, a big role in the movie? Like, you had like you already had like a big names like like uh, Commissioner Gordon and Scarecrow and all that. Like, why kind of include her if it's not like necessary? You know, like let's just have a Batman movie where there's no ram- romance involved or anything. Yeah, I mean, it was made about 15 years ago and and um maybe they needed a damsel in distress they felt like they kind of needed that um but yeah like you know we talked about how great bale and murphy were i mean um morgan freeman and michael kane as laundry list of great actors oh, man. In that movie. yeah i mean just so many great performances yeah i don't think so, i don't think yeah. katie holmes was that bad <laughs> I don't think she's that bad either, but I thought was, because other performances bad, are so good uh, that she yeah. kind of stood out as being, eh, you know. By the yeah. way, did you guys did you guys notice this this thing when um, Rachel Dawes drove Bruce Wayne down that alley to show him how bad Gotham City really was, like the underbelly? Oh yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. Do you remember before mm-hmm. he leaves the car because he reveals the gun to her? She slaps him twice. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. We're saying that. that the reason. The reason why that she was he was slapped twice is because he was she was slapping Bruce Wayne and she was slapping Batman. (laughs) 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 Unknowingly. I do remember that. Yeah, that stuck out on the on the on the recent viewing. It's like, whoa, she had to hit him up two times. (laughs) (laughs) One for each personality. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wish I I wish they would have kept um, Katie Holmes for. for the Dark Knight, just for oh, yeah. the sake of like visual continuity. Continuity. Maggie yeah. Gyllenhaal did just fine, but yeah, I think that was I also agree. when she was dating uh, Tom Cruise, and 
<laughs> I'm sure that was a crazy uh, yeah yeah I agree like as much as Katie Holmes wasn't my favorite I really would have wished that she has stayed in the franchise in Dark Knight or better yet have Maggie Gyllenhaal be in both movies right yeah, yeah that could have worked too if, if you know in some weird hypothetical we could have that yeah. So some some other things that I also really liked about the movie is that if 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 you really look at all the details of like how the bat suit is is made, how the vehicle is made, everything has a, a purpose. Like it was cool seeing how, I mean, the little the arm blades that Batman had on his on mm. his forearms, like they mm-hmm. showed that that had a purpose, and that he built like antennas into the ears. You know, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like all those little gadgets. details in there. Yeah, like the, again, setting it in like the real world like plain like mm-hmm. what are the real scientific applications that can be applied here mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i really dug the lucius fox character you know uh yeah seeing this again he's he's super likable and he's he's pretty important to batman you know like without him you really don't have there is no batman right he he, he supplies all the gadgets so he's, he's pretty crit- critical to the story yeah, and and again, that's great that they casted. That's it's cool that they included Lucius Fox. There's there's like a number of characters that were pulled from the comics. I mean, like Lucius Fox, um, Mister Zaz. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of characters. That, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's cool that you could tell that he drew from source material for these characters. Rachel, I think Rachel Dawes is the only exception. Like she's the only character mm-hmm. that was created for the movie. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to bring something up. So we here at the Comic Sauce Podcast try our best to be culturally and socially responsible. So I do have to call out a number of things about this movie. Um, so uh, there are some aspects to this movie that aren't the best cultural representations. Um, there is Asian cultural appropriation in this movie quite a bit of it in fact Mm. um i mean that's part of the batman character right so there's kind of no getting around that um but you know it's to me it didn't sit all that great that we saw essentially white guys doing asian shit better than asians right we we see (laughs) that we see this time and again in pop culture but it, it was certainly here in batman begins we also saw uh, quite a bit of what's called white savior complex. Um, again, this is this is this is the Batman character, uh, and there's really no getting around it. Um, but it's there. Uh, there's also whitewashing in this movie, right? Um, the the Ra's al Ghul character is an ethnic character in the comics, but in this movie, it is uh, a white person playing this character, right? So. Um, kind of interesting because the, these themes were not really in the public consciousness when this movie came out. So I don't think there was really much discussion. Whereas you compare it to a movie like Doctor Strange, which came out, you know, about 10 years later. And everything I just mentioned about Batman Begins applies to Doctor Strange too. There is cultural appropriation. There's white saver complex. There's whitewashing, right? The, the ancient one, right? Uh, but a hell of a lot of people talked about it and complained about it with Dr. Strange. It wasn't really uh, a thing so much when this movie came out. So I think that's why it didn't really, it wasn't really discussed. Uh, but, you know, seeing it this past week, 
it, you know, I, I've seen these things <laughs> and it, it is there. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before where there, there definitely is a separation of entertainment and social responsibility, right? So like both of these movies I enjoyed, Doctor Strange and Batman Begins, uh, but there is, there, th these things do, or I should say, these things can take away from the, the viewing experience, right? How much it affects your take on a movie, how much it takes away from your enjoyment on a movie, debatable, right? To me, um, it, it, it definitely had an effect, you know, it was there. Um, but I'd, I'd be curious, you know, going around the table here, uh, did you guys notice these things? Did they affect your your enjoyment of the movie or uh, exactly. just any Ra thoughts Ra there? Ra Rachel Gould, he I don't I can't remember what nationality he was, but he's definitely not Asian. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I, uh, I, I, I read up him, him as yeah. being Arab in the comics. There you go. Um, right. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you're he right. Has, he has he has his go to like muscle in in the comics named Ubu. I, I can't remember. I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. And I think that's who um, uh, is it? Ken Wat Watanabe is that his name? Uh, Watanabe. Yeah. Watanabe. I think he, yeah. yeah. I think that's who he was supposed to represent. And okay. that that twist of how Liam Neeson was really Rachel Gould. Yeah, I don't know. I actually didn't look at it like that. <laughs> Batman's a white guy, yeah. um, and he's the hero of the film. So I don't know how you can get around that. Yeah, I, I mean. It's like I'm saying, it's part of the character and um, love it or hate it, it it's, it's part of what Batman is. Um, and it can be a good thing that, well, I think, I think it definitely is a good thing that, you know, these sort of themes don't take away from your enjoyment. But I certainly think it's good to be aware of, of these things. But yeah, um, just, you know, just so, just to be clear, I'm not like DC bashing because, like I said, we we see this time and again. You know, Marvel for sure. I mean, if you look at Iron Fist and Doctor Strange and uh, Iron Man three, um, covers all this stuff, right? The uh, the reveal that the Mandarin is actually a white guy in Iron Man three, very similar to what we're seeing here. You think Ra's al Ghul is this Japanese dude, uh, but wait a minute. Actually, it's this white guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, with uh, Batman traveling to Asia to, to learn fighting and spirituality, I mean, that's like, that is Iron Fist, right? That is, that's mm -hmm. everything that Iron Fist is all about. So again, we're treading on familiar territory here. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think it's important to, to be aware of these things. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a very good point that you brought up. Like, it's funny. It's something that like, I didn't notice when I was younger, but like, especially watching like last time, I, I definitely did notice. Um, and like, this is probably the only movie that ever really tackled like uh, how Bruce Wayne became Batman in that, like kind of that kind of like linear sense. Yeah. Um, and they, it's probably not a concept I don't think they'll ever really revisit. Like, I don't think we're going to see it in Robert Pattinson's Batman too much. Mm -hmm. And, and like, even in, like, like, I haven't seen all of Gotham, but, like, you know, Bruce Wayne's, like, a little kid, and then Alfred teaches him 
Like I, I have seen that. Gotham is great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. I got to finish it at some point. I just, you know, I, I stopped like, it was like around the time it started. And so I kind of, I watched a few episodes and, but never really continued. But um, anyway, yeah, like, I guess that's, that's like a part of his character that I guess, I don't, I don't know how some, some writers tried to like really take out of Batman. Some, there's like some interpretations where he doesn't go to Asia at all. Um, but it's also like something I think that goes back to like the forties almost. That's like one of the very earliest interpretations of his character. And it's hard. It's like, I guess it's kind of hard to kind of, to take that away from it. Yeah. But it's like, I'd be okay if we never really kind of saw that again, I guess. Yeah. And I think think you're uh, right. We probably won't see this because there, there is the fear of, you know, backlash. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm sure future incarnations will probably kind of steer clear of it, which I think is kind of unfortunate because even though like I wasn't too stoked about the Asian representation in this movie, like I kind of wanted to know more. Like when we see Bruce Wayne go to Asia, it was kind of like this vaguely uh, like uh, oriental stuff going on. Like there, there's this one scene where he's where Batman is speaking, or I should say Bruce Wayne is speaking Mandarin. And then um, he's, he's up in like snow capped mountains. It felt like the Himalayas, the, the, uh, yeah, like, like uh, Nepal. Um, and then he's training with like ninjas, which is Japanese. And then I saw like the subtitles. It's, it said they're speaking Urdu, which is like a native to India and Pakistan. So it's like, <laughs> it's like this big mishmash, right? You think and they were purposely trying to make that like ambiguous so you couldn't identify one specific culture? I, I think so. I think so. And, um, you think that was it, the right thing to do or? <laughs> I, I kind of don't like, I, I feel like either they should just leave it out or, or really dive into it. Like I would love to know like Bruce Wayne's path. Like where did it seem like he went to China and then he went to like Nepal and then for some reason ninjas were there. But it's like, actually interesting that you bring that um, up because that's the thing. That's the one thing about Bruce Wayne's like his, his early training. He travels the world to learn every martial art that's out there. And maybe that is what that's what they're trying to represent. That sounds about right. But I would, like I said, I would love to, to really find out specifically because the, the final product was, well, he's, speaking Mandarin with these guys. He's learning ninjutsu from these guys. And he's like hanging out with these mountain people who are like from the Himalayas or something. So it it just, it didn't, it didn't really add up. So getting the detail behind it would be pretty interesting to me. You know, what's interesting too, is the fighting style they ended up going with that they shot with was that KFM style, which is a brand new martial art Mm -hmm. (laughs) or at the time was a brand new martial art. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Something, something for Hollywood to work on. I think, you know, like so maybe uh, it was a good thing we didn't see Batman like fighting like Wing Chun style and <laughs> doing all kinds of Matrix maybe, moves. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, like uh, speaking of behind the scenes stuff, I remember when I was watching the the behind the scenes stuff for Captain America: The First Avenger. They talked about the fighting style as being Jeet Kune Do, the Bruce Lee fighting style, and like. First off, it's like, oh, hey, that's cool, Bruce Lee. But then you think about it, it's like, why the hell would Steve Rogers be using Jeet Kune Do in World War II, right? So, you know, 
so it's, it's that kind of stuff like uh, research and background and, and being culturally responsible. I think that can be worked on. Like you, you thought you saw what they did with black Panther and that that's kind of yep. like the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the golden, the gold standard there. Right. And hopefully superhero movies will, will be more consciously aware, like, like that movie. Right. Wait, did they um, model black Panther's fighting style to anything specific? Yeah. I forgot what they mentioned. I think they mentioned it was a combination of things. I think they mentioned Capoeira was one of them, the Brazilian uh, martial art, but um, everything was very specific, like the production design, the costume design, the fighting, the fight choreography and fight styles, like everything was, 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 uh, was researched and had a specific reason. Um, so yeah. I think like little things like that, they, they really show, you know, like um, th- this sort of vague Asian-ness of Batman Begins, you, you can tell um, there, there just wasn't a lot of thought behind it. And, you know, Nolan, Nolan is so like precise about everything, you know, you, you know, he could have really deep dived into mm-hmm. Batman's Asia travels, right? But they, they chose to kind of gloss over it. So um, just something you can hope will, will improve over time and will continue on in the, in the future. So you're saying you would have liked to have seen them dive into it or have not have seen it at all? Yeah, I kind of like one or the other, right? Not seen it or or really kind of be very thoughtful and specific about it, right? As it was, it was just this kind of vague mismatch. Like I was wondering like, why why do I see, why is he like talking Mandarin Chinese to, to, to these prisoners in one scene and then he's in Nepal and then he's, with a bunch of ninjas like it, it there, there was really no explanation it just kind of you just sort of expect to you're expected to mm-hmm. sort of accept it right mm-hmm. and i i personally did not accept it i was like you know I, I i need more like i need i need to know why these things are, are happening right i need some, i actually th- i actually some thought him speaking mandarin was cool because then it showed that he so in, in the comics he can sp- he can speak many languages <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually kind of cool seeing that. I guess maybe it would have been portrayed better if you've seen him speaking different languages to other people. Yeah, I mean, that, that's cool. A variety, that, I guess. Yeah, I think I just needed more. I, you know, it, it just... Uh, I think the, the, all the, the Bruce Wayne in Asia stuff, it felt like it just sort of glossed over explanations, right? So uh-huh. I felt like I needed more there. There was one comic I read where he was, um, where Batman was talking to Bat- Batgirl at the time was Cassandra Kane, um, and she's completely silent, like she doesn't speak. And when, when Batman first encountered her, he started naming off languages, and Tagalog was one of them. And he, there were some lines where he was speaking in different languages, and I thought that was really cool. <laughs> That's <Nice>. the comics. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I don't want to harp on on the negatives too much. Um, I don't. Uh-huh enjoy this movie oh did you have something to add uh prefer uh, yeah kind of like i like i agree with you like you know like someone who hasn't watched it in so long and i was really kind of like socially conscious about that like oh this totally seems like dr strange kind of feels like white guy coming in trying to like learn all these asian techniques and stuff which i think i was able to overlook but um you know i think like you know, it's a Batman movie. I think that's what Christopher Nolan had in mind. Like, it's going to sell, you know? Like, we look at, like, the new Robert Patterson trailer and both Catwoman and Commissioner Gordon are both black. And, mm-hmm. 
like no one I feel like is questioning it. I I feel like there wasn't that much uproar. Like, oh, why cast some black? Everyone just like, yay, another Batman movie. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's important to to call out. You know, you know, like oh, pretty much every movie, every piece of media, arguably, is problematic to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think anyone's saying like we should not like Batman or not like Doctor Strange because these movies are racist or some something, you know? Um, I think it's just important to be, to be aware. Yeah. And just to, you know, to, to recognize when, when there are some problematic elements to these movies, right? Yeah. By the way, I think the reason why no one has batted an eyelash, uh, no pun intended, to uh, Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman and the guy from Westworld playing Commissioner Gordon is because they're just they're they're phenomenal actors. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I touched upon it before, but I really love the Scarecrow character movie. Uh, Scarecrow character in this movie, <laughs> and FYI, I I did once cosplay as this version of Scarecrow previously. For, for Halloween many years ago. <laughs> I actually but, thought uh, it was an that. interesting, uh, I thought it was an interesting villain choice to go with Scarecrow and Rayshawn Gould because one, we've never seen them before. Yeah. yeah. Two, I mean, your casual moviegoer, sure, they might have heard of the Joker. I don't know if they've heard of Two Face, but like, you know, those, those wouldn't be the go to villains I would have, I would have thought of. But mm-hmm. I like how they were picked because they played well into the whole fear, um, you know, theme of Batman yeah. Begins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another cool part of the movie. There is one singular overlying theme to the whole movie, and it's fear, right? And that's what Scarecrow is all about. So, yeah, man, like, I, I think Killian Murphy has the line read of the entire movie, and it's when um, he, he meets Batman for, I guess, the second time. He has uh, Rachel Dawes. Uh, tied up and then Batman descends on him and his thugs right and he says uh, he's here it's the Batman it's so cool I'm I'm not doing it justice but you guys know what I'm talking about he like takes off his mask and he says the line it's so freaking cool it's like an exaggerated almost um, like sarcastic kind of playful Almost as if he's he's saying to himself, I can't believe I'm saying the Batman. <laughs> yeah, almost like kind of like a 60s Batman vibe to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. I love it. One yeah. of the things that I, or some of the things that I really like is in, in all the Batman movies, you never see how Batman actually leverages bats. <laughs> and that scene, oh, yeah. well, those two scenes, the one scene where he crawls into the Batcave for the first time where he realized he's overcome his fear. I thought that was a really powerful scene with that like two-tone like music montage. That was awesome. Like that looked like it was right out of like the comics. And then the other scene um, where the police are about to raid that building and he has that sonar sensor. I mean, that's right out of Batman year one. Um, I loved how Christopher Nolan used that. Yeah. Like I love how he like plays up the bat as like that kind of visual motif for fear. Because what does what does Bruce Wayne say? Is uh, bats scare me? It's time it's time my enemies share my fear. Yeah, 
<laughs> I think Christopher Nolan said in an interview too, they were really pushing hard to get real bats in a lot of the scenes. Mm. But I think logistically it was just impossible. But can you imagine the argument he was trying to make for it? <laughs> hard. Yeah, hard to do. <laughs> yeah, and, I think some of us talked about this before, but this was really the birth of the modern superhero origin movie, right? Yeah. I thought, yeah, it was super cool how he, they, they really walk you through why he chose a bat as being his symbol, right? If, if to the average person, you know, that, that's a probably a pretty good question. Like, why, why bats? Like, why did he choose to be Batman, right? And this movie really explains it pretty clearly. Pretty interesting. That scene where uh, he's uh, sitting down and I think it's like his belfry or something like that. And there's a bat flying around in his, in, uh, in his ceiling and that draws the inspiration for his suit. That's right. That's right out of the comics. Yeah. Mm. I, I think the comic, like it crashes through the window. If I remember yeah, there's correctly. that too. Yeah. But I, I probably would not be something that translates well to film, I imagine. Like, it sounds like it'd be really cool, but that's not something I think a Pat would actually do. Yeah. yeah there, there are a lot of those moments where it's like, it, it, it's really cool when you think about it on a panel, but like when you see it on screen, it's, it's different. I think I was watching an interview with Nolan where he was talking about uh, when, when um, Thomas and Martha uh, have been shot and are on the ground and Bruce Wayne is, you know, hovering above them. Almost every time you've seen that in the comics, it's an overhead bird's eye view shot almost as if you're looking at like the police line that's about to come to tape up the bodies. Um, but I think he made the specific choice to shoot it um, at a horizontal angle. So you're looking at it from the perspective of Bruce Wayne. And I thought that was really creative. Uh, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's what you need for this film, not what you see in the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have two questions for Rainier and Christian. Like, if Christopher Nolan continued making like more Batman movies, who would you want to have seen like Christopher Nolan's interpretation of which Batman villain? Hmm. Uh, oh, if the if it were to continue, you mean like yeah? What would I see? Mm-hmm. Since like we were talking earlier, like there's so many like like the villains are just iconic as Batman. Like, who would you want to see like be portrayed in a Christopher Nolan Batman movie? One of the ones I heard, uh, I think it was rumored that he was going to do for the Dark Knight Rises for the third movie was going to be the Riddler. And I think that would have been really cool to see like his take on the Riddler. Like, I think we're kind of seeing it now with the Pattinson Batman. Uh-huh. But I think that that's, that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, hmm. I, I remember, okay, not to toot my own horn here, but after like the success of the Dark Knight, I, I had always thought that Bane would have been the perfect villain to show on screen. And this was before it all came out. Not that I predicted the future or anything, but this was my, this was what I would have loved to have seen. And it actually came true. Bane wasn't in the third movie, but I thought it would have been a cool thing to see Bane because when you see Bane from, is it Batman and Robin? Yeah. <laughs> he's just this, yep. this, he's just the muscle. He has no, he hasn't, he doesn't have a thought in the world and he just kind of just grunts. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not Bane. Bane is actually just as smart as Batman, and I was like, man, that'd be great if they were to capture that on film and to see him break Batman, and then you see Batman rebuild again. And mm-hmm. sure enough, that happened, which was really cool. <laughs> um, who would I like to see him portray? Um, actually, the Penguin would have been. 
I mean, that's going to happen, but it's not Christopher Nolan. Penguin, I would have wanted to have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of, Penguin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Second question is, like, if Christopher Nolan continued with his, his version of Batman, would it work really well with, like, the DC universe that we have, like, today with, like, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Superman? Would, like, Christian Bale's Batman work well with those heroes? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the struggle there. I thought about that a lot too. Is that like Bat, Christopher Nolan's Batman is is rooted in like the real world with like real mm. science and real yeah. physics. Uh-huh. Um, and then to introduce the element of like Superman or Wonder Woman, like yeah. I don't know how that would blend. That would require some really serious creative writing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're meshing the world of like super fantastic to like super grounded and real. Um, yeah. that's a hard balance to find. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it would like, there's probably a world where I think it could have worked well. It worked really perfectly. My first thought is that it would just kind of clash a little too much. Cause like, um, if they had a, if, if Aquaman was like the same movie, um, and that took place in the Nolan verse in like, you know, the Christopher Nolan verse, uh-huh. I might've been a little jarring. It's possible they could have pulled it off, but I think it would have had to. It would have had to have been like Batman's the first superhero, first superhero like that that's ever discovered, that's ever found, and after Batman's superhero, uh, they probably they might have been able to build from that with Superman. You know, the whole Justice League. Uh-huh. What's interesting is that like when Christopher Nolan shot Batman Begins, I don't think he had any intention to shoot a sequel. <laughs> um, I think he's mentioned that numerous times in interviews and it was cool how he was able to actually tie everything together um, with Dark Knight Rises. Uh, yeah. The birth of the superhero trilogy genre. <laughs> oh, so Batman Begins was meant to be standalone. Yeah. Actually all the movies I think were intended to be standalone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Originally, but they did so well that yeah. WB wanted more. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of wanted the trilogy. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because, and you you know, like now it's like when a superhero movie comes out, it's like you know there's gonna be a sequel and there's gonna be a trilogy. So they they write it in a way where they leave it really open, or they almost create the movie to set up the second movie. Yeah, which I don't know. I I kind of find annoying. That's why I'm glad each of the Nolan films are its own standalone movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that like kind of like that very end scene where he has like the little Joker card. I thought that's perfect. Like it could end there and you could be happy, but there is that nice little bit of sequel bait just in case they wanted to yeah. you know, have that, have that sequel. Yeah. But it doesn't like overdo. It doesn't overstep anything. It's still very much its own movie. Mm-hmm. It would be yeah. interesting to see Christopher Nolan. So between Batman begins dark Knight and the dark Knight rises, so dark Knight rises and dark Knight, there's like a 12 year gap it would be kind of cool to see if Christopher Nolan would go back and fill in the gap between those 12 years. Um, Cause there's a, there's a big chunk that's missing there. I don't think that'll ever happen, but it leaves a lot to interpretation. Yeah. Maybe a Mandalorian esque TV series because you know, <laughs> oh, that, be cool. that, sh- that show takes place between what, like empire and Jedi or, or Jedi and episode six or something seven. like that. So seven. Yeah. So maybe uh maybe something like that 
think there were talks mm-hmm. of a live action like Batman series, but I don't know where that went. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we're getting close to wrap up time. Why don't we give our ratings? How much okay, how do, did you like this? How do we movie? rate them again? How do we? We're doing it out of five, and um, yeah, a, a three is a recommendation, but it's a marginal recommendation. Okay. Um, so that's that's the scale we're going on. One, at one, two, three, four, or five. Okay. Five for me, to, no question. <laughs> five out of five from Rainier. How about the other Batman fan, um, Christian? What I'm do you thinking, think? Thinking. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm I'm a little torn between a four and a five because I think that I love this movie. I think there's a lot of like great things that are going on as you're watching and behind the camera. And I think like, yeah, this movie is like a very influential movie, but you know, like there are, like we've mentioned, like the whole thing with Rachel Dawes isn't, isn't as great, isn't as strong. The action scenes are, aren't, aren't so great. And I think a lot of what Nolan did personally, I think a lot of what he did, he did in this movie has kind of been eclipsed by the dark Knight. I think that is really the pinnacle of the trilogy as great as this movie is and as much kind of like groundwork it lays um, like, like I think, yeah, it has largely been eclipsed and I think there are just some, there are like enough errors, I think for me to, to keep it at a four, but it's like, I almost want to give it a 4.5. Well, this, this is the flaw of the, the out of five system, right? Because um, yeah, there's, there are cases where you want to go in the middle, but as best we can, we want to stick stick with okay. one through five. Oh, I'll give it the harder. I'll give it the four. I'll give the harder rating. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with Christian. I give it a four. As much as I really enjoyed it, um, someone who doesn't watch DC movies, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I could see the 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 layout it did for future superhero films and everything. Um, I do see its flaws and it's hard to ignore it. And, but overall it's a really good movie. I fucking would recommend it as a Marvel fan. I would recommend it. Cool. So, yeah, you know, I was really struck by, you know, how much I did enjoy this recently. Um, Yeah. I, I think, I think I enjoy this more last week than when I first saw it you know um, like I said I, I was really looking for places where it was feeling dated you know um, and and it, it didn't I, I think that's that's the mark of a of a, a really gifted filmmaker that they can make movies that are timeless right mm-hmm. um, so there was a timeless aspect of this movie um, but yeah, you know, like some of you've been mentioning, there there are certainly shortcomings, and um, yeah, the the action part of it, Christian, you mentioned, um, yeah, like that that to me, like that's that's one of my great thrills of watching superhero movies, right? So th- there's a reason why Captain America: The Winter Soldier is my my all time favorite superhero movies because the action is fucking off the chain, right? Um, <laughs> So I, I hold a lot of weight there. So that that's definitely um, a drawback. And then, like I said, the the uh, the cultural appropriation of the movie. You know, you know, try as I 
I can, you know, I want to separate the entertainment aspect of movie from that. But, you know, uh, I, I definitely meld the two at times. Like I, I, I spoke about the same thing when uh, you and I, Perferio, we reviewed Doctor Strange. Like, I think we talked about it as being uh, the dopest visual effects MCU movie of all time, right? I think we talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, and I wanted to love it, but I just couldn't get over the fact that there were just some racist elements to the movie, right? So uh, that's another drawback for me here. So I'm going to go three out of five. Uh, it's, it's still a recommendation, but uh, that's my take. All right. Any last thoughts on Batman Begins or anything Batman? Today is Batman Day, so final thoughts at all about this character. Iconic. I I will say, too, that, you know, being a Marvel fan, Batman precedes any Marvel character, period. So, you know, if there is no Batman, there probably is no Marvel Comics, period right um superman did precede batman but um batman did precede the entire marvel universe and i we're including golden age marvel too like captain america and human torch and submariner all of it right uh so credit where credit is due if you're a superhero fan you are a batman fan whether you like it or not you know um so deep deep respect for this character and we should we should call out the creators of batman bob kane and bill finger um what they created is is genius you know and has Mm -hmm. influenced the world for generations yeah well said i think to add on to that like batman's such like this iconic and influential character i think you can see like bits of batman and robin actually batman and robin's like just dna and a lot of other characters and a lot of maybe like certain elements or like certain little touches that have been like picked out of the batman mythos and expanded upon in other ways in some ways that we might not even know about that only like you know the character the creators and writers know about but it's like Batman's always with us. Oh, hey, that brings up an interesting question. Maybe we can finish on this. But on-screen Batman has more often been seen without Robin. Or I should say movie Batman incarnations have been seen without Robin. Would you prefer Batman to be solo in movies or would you prefer to, to have a sidekick? We need to have a Robin movie. Yeah, I mean, we do. so much story in there. And he's the first, like, definitive sidekick. Like, how could you ignore that? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, Robin is a character I think a lot of people have shied away from, especially since Batman and Robin. I, mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of people don't want to touch Robin as much. Um, same with Batgirl, of course. Um, but I really like John Blake in The Dark Knight Rises. I think there's just something about like, that's like, he kind of lightens the mood a little bit. You get to have some nice banter between these two characters. It's someone for like Batman to kind of play off of a little more. And like, he doesn't always have to act as like dark and brooding around Robin as the way he might around uh, Commissioner Gordon or, you know, like any of the villains, of course. Now, um, do you consider 
that character as Robin because I mean you could argue it's not Robin at all right what do you think is that character Robin that character from Dark Knight Rises um I would say so like he's like a different interpretation like he's a very off like you know interpretation that you don't see him have the costume he's always in like his cop outfit and like he's um he's not really trained by Batman at all it's not really till the very end of the movie that it's like the twist that he's Robin but I thought it was a good you know I, I thought it was a good interpretation I think eventually you got to do Robin and it'd be nice to have a movie just about Robin that really like brings his character and really shows what's great about Dick Grayson the same way that a lot of people love Batman yeah the question of is he Robin he could be is he Dick Grayson? He's not. <laughs> um, he, they've certainly taken, if that's the thing too, they don't, again, they don't definitively say that he is Dick Grayson or he is Robin, even though they throw that bone out there. So I think they left that to interpretation. I think Robin should have his own movie. Dick Grayson should have his own movie. Um, and it would be a story where Batman is in the background and uh, they really highlight. Cause I mean, his, his, the way he started is really tragic. It, it mirrored very much what Bruce Wayne did where his parents were killed right in front of him in the circus. Yeah. I think we've then, just uncovered uh, the missing piece here. You know, like we've seen the Joker a whole lot. We've seen Batman a whole lot in movies, a lot of Batman's rogues gallery, but what, what about Robin? You know, I, there's, there is all, you know, that, that's like a, that, that's like the secret ingredient. I think that's what, the WB needs to, to address really. If, if you guys will, they did kind of address that. If you guys have seen the Teen Titans Go movie, <laughs> Teen Titans Go to the movies. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They uh, they asked the question: Are you a legitimate hero because you have a superhero movie? <laughs> uh, if you don't watch Teen Titans Go, I highly recommend it. It's a great show. <laughs> I've never actually seen the movie. I watched like bits of the show. Um, but I actually kind of want to see the movie. Like, uh, uh, Will Arnett is uh, Deathstroke, and like, um, Little Yachty is Green Lantern. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> Nicholas Cage is Superman. Oh yeah, Nicholas Cage is <laughs> Superman. <laughs> and Superman if I'm not mistaken, uh, Stan Lee does appear in the movie as too. Too. Right? Oh yeah, he does. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teen Titans right. is great, actually. <clears throat> Yeah, I did see that. It's a fun movie. Yeah. And then like, you know, I did grow up on the original show as well. So wait, are we are we gonna have another one where we talk about Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> 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 they all really tie in. There's so much more to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Are we gonna have to wait for so the next for Batman Day twenty twenty one? Well, maybe not those uh two movies in particular in that we would do like a full movie recap, etc. But, um, you know, just looking at this, this crew we got here, uh, I think the, the Marvel slash DC conversation will continue on and on and on till the end of time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think there's any worry that we won't be able to continue to discuss DC and Marvel characters, uh, for 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 quite some time we, so, we should do a show yeah. where we talk about the absolute worst comic book movie <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. that's a good where, one where we you know we will all give it a one 
<laughs> oh, I like the idea. Okay, we'll keep that uh, in mind as we plan out future episodes. But for now, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Christian, Rainier, Porfirio, and Henry. <laughs>